everybody, and welcome to the Designing Enterprise Platforms podcast from Early Adopter Research. Today, we have Raj Dutt, CEO of Grafana, with us, and we're going to be talking about observability. It's a concept that I've been thinking about and actually studying for quite some time, ever since I heard about what they did at Etsy to make the development process so fast. There, they created huge amounts of observability so that they could actually make many, many changes every day. And if anything went wrong, they would find out about it immediately. Well, it turns out that this practice has become really, really popular in DevOps, uh, in, in monitoring operational environments, and it's become sort of a, a world unto itself. So today, Raj is gonna talk about observability and why it's important. Uh, Raj is the CEO of Grafana, and uh, he has been working on software infrastructure that supports observability. But Raj, thanks for joining us. And why don't you tell us what observability is and why it's important? Thanks for having me, Dan. Uh, sure, would love to. Um, so observability, you know, the, the word is actually a very, uh, is a rather old word, decades old from kind of the control theory, uh, you know, control uh, world, uh, industrial world. But it's kind of been co-opted um, in the software world to kind of mean a new way of monitoring and understanding your complex systems, applications, infrastructure. And I think, you know, a new word was kind of needed because there's really been the fundamental shift in how, you know, we deploy, monitor, and support um, these applications. Um, and you nailed it in your comments about uh, Etsy, right? I mean, they're, uh, they've been a pioneer of this way of thinking. Um, it's all about being able to, you know, empower developers and operations teams to deploy their, uh, you know, software, you know, often safely, um, you know, and uh, preserve user experience. Um, but for Grafana Labs, observability practically really means we bring together all sorts of telemetry data um, together under a seamless experience to help people troubleshoot, understand, and explore the data that, uh, you know, um, basically, uh, you know, is coming out at an increasingly rapid rate from all of their systems and applications. And when we say different telemetry data, what we mean are, you know, the fundamental building blocks of, um, of understanding these complex systems, which for us really boil down to metrics, logs, and traces. And the idea of bringing that data together in a, in a seamless uh, experience through Grafana and helping developers and, and operations teams understand their systems, to us, that's what observability is all about. Well, I agree that a new word is required because when I first visited Etsy's office, I saw all of these dashboards, dozens of them, that were tracking all sorts of different things. And when I asked about the underlying metrics, they said there were thousands of them. And this was much different than anything I'd ever seen at any operational environment in a data center or anything like that. And so the, 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 the vast scope of what was being monitored and then the methods that needed to be used to enable that monitoring to actually be effective were, were completely different. And so I agree that observability is a different thing than just sort of operational monitoring like you would do on an automobile or a truck or something like that. Yeah, so, I mean, at the end of the day, it's now it's now a data analytics problem, right? Whereas the, the you know the old um, you know sort of uh, IT operations monitoring, you know, the, those were all about checks and statuses of things, and you know now systems are so com complex and there's so much data, like you said, thousands of metrics, millions of metrics is you know common for for medium customers now, and it's it's really a data analytics problem. 
And so why did you found Grafana? When did you find it and uh, found it? And, 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 and why did you decide that you needed to, to work on it? Well, the, the story really starts with, uh, with our co-founder, uh, Torkel Odegaard, who created the open source project in Sweden, um, sort of over the Christmas of 2013. That's um, the Grafana project you're talking about. That is the Grafana project, right? And we're Grafana Labs, um, you know, we're, we're the company behind the Grafana project. But the company actually started about a year after um, the Grafana project was started. And so um, my third co-founder, uh, Anthony Woods and I, had just come off the, uh, the back of running a kind of uh, managed hosting infrastructure company. And we'd kind of seen the, you know, this change shift, this fundamental change that we're talking about in terms of monitoring and observability, right, driven by the volume, the velocity, the variability of all this data. And, um, you know, we, we were really kind of itching to do something, um, you know, in, in the space. And we discovered the Grafana project, which was just starting out as, a, uh, as an open source project. And, uh, you know, Torkel, uh, Anthony, and myself met up um, in 2014 and the timing was really good. You know, the Grafana project was, you know, starting to see some initial, uh, ad adoption that was really promising and really, you know, Grafana labs was formed to, to accelerate this, uh, this project, um, that Torkel created. And we didn't really have a, you know, business model or anything initially other than just this idea that, you know, um, that there were so many, there was a fundamental, um, you know, tectonic shift happening. In the uh, in the way people monitored and needed to understand their systems, and um, you know we we believe that uh, that shift was open source. We believe that it was now a data analytics problem, and um, you know the the timing was really good. So you know that's how the company was born. I mean the the open source project existed first, and um, you know we've come a long way since then. But uh, you know it, it centered around this uh, this project that Torkel created really to to scratch his own itch as a developer. Excellent. So um, what I want to do is a little bit later in the call, I want to talk about, um, you know, what Grafana does uh, tactically. But right now, let's kind of set that up by talking about, you know, more of the detailed, you know, sort of uh, ways that observability is devolved into real work. So the, the next thing I want to cover, uh, uh, and if anybody uh, 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 is just um, uh, 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 wondering, you know, what we're doing today. We're, we're basically, I'm talking to Raj Dutt about uh, uh, observability and uh, Grafana Labs, the, the company that he founded. And we're about to now get into uh, the artifacts of observability. What are the actual, you know, things that uh, are created? Uh, because, uh, uh, you know, it, it's not just a bunch of dashboards. There's, there's a whole layering of, of, of technology and uh, monitoring and data that goes underneath it. You know, what's going on? What, how, how do the artifacts of observability, you know, the dashboards and all the monitoring affect what goes on in an organization? I mean, uh, pretty, pretty dramatically, I'd say, right? I mean, across both, um, you know, sort of practical um, operational aspects and capabilities, um, you know, culturally, um, you know, for sure. Um, you know, we think a lot about the, uh, the cultural um, implications at Grafana Labs for kind of, you know, uh, breaking down these data silos, uh, empowering teams, um, right, the, the practical benefits. Well, well uh, let's, get, let's get really concrete. Like, yeah. for example, 
you know, in the in, in Etsy, the way that I had understood it is that they would push changes all the time. Now, of course, they had test first programming and they had, you know, software quality stuff. But sure. then every once in a while, they'd push a, uh, a change and then all of the dashboards would go crazy. They realized, oops, something we didn't understand happened. So it, it, it made it safe to push those changes because sure. you would find out right away what happened. So people, it, what the observability did is it gave confidence. So now, Absolutely. So now and, and then if you're like using a Fitbit or something, you know, and you get to the end of the day and it says, oh, you've only done 5,000 steps and you're mean to do 8,000, then you do something different. So let's talk a little bit about what people do different based on these observability uh, 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 capabilities. Sure. I mean, you know, you, you kind of hit it on the, on the head with the ability to, you know, deploy, you know, whatever you're, you're innovating on very, very quick, you know, very, very confidently, quickly be able to see exactly what's happening, you know, you know, roll it back that sort of agility, right? I mean, it really puts a lot of demands on how you uh, need to observe your systems, right? It needs to be real time, needs to be comprehensive, um, you know, but all of the supporting, um, you know, capabilities around that, and, and including how you develop and deploy and package your software and run your infrastructure, you know, has to, you know, has to, you know, also be in place in order to achieve that nirvana, right? Um, and the demands that, um, you know, that Nirvana puts on an observability platform are, are pretty extreme. I want just three more, you know, concrete use cases of because we had observability, this changes in an organization. So we, we, we talked sure. about the one where you, you, you have observability of defects if you push a, something to production. Yep. What, what are the other kind of, you know, venues in which, you know, having these detailed metrics being monitored at scale, you know, changes something that would matter to, to somebody in a company. Another way of asking this is, who in an organization gets what benefits from observability? Sure, I, and you know, we're really starting to see it break down, like you know, transcend even the technical parts of an organization, but let's give you some, some actual real examples, right? So, you know, like, um, what, what you described is around like an outage, like fixing a problem, right? Like, you know, reduce MTTR is like the headline there, but there's also huge, cost savings with doing observability right and like in the in the example of people you know using um you know like things like auto scaling and you know um you know usage-based uh you know cloud consumption models like that you know in order to do that cost effectively you have to you know monitor everything in real time and correlate all sorts of different metrics and logs right and the cloud providers don't exactly make this easy deliberately and I think that that, you know, like cost savings in terms of optimizing your infrastructure, I mean, especially in real time and especially while your infrastructure is changing um, and being able to do that without, you know, impacting user experience, that's another, you know, kind of big enabler. I see. And so, so it becomes like, in this case, it becomes a nervous system sort of. So you can Correct. detect when more traffic's coming in, you can then trigger auto scaling of the infrastructure, but then you exactly. can detect when that's done and then trigger, you know, reducing the scale of the infrastructure. So the idea is that it creates a much more detailed model of activity yep. that you can then respond to. Okay, yep. that's, that's a good one. Give exactly. me a couple more. Sure, and then, you know, so like, you know, what, you, what we described in the beginning as far as fixing an outage, I mean, that's, you know, that's kind of, you know, th that happens a fair bit, but what happens more, more often is it's, it's, uh, it's less obvious than that, right? Like there is a, you know, there's a, there's a particular issue that may not, you know, affect a bunch of users, but may, you know, like a, a you know, 99th percentile 
you know, latency type issue or an issue that's, you know, affecting an important query, you know, somewhere in the stack and being able to tie together metrics, logs and traces in an experience that's sort of seamless and allows you to look at an individual request. You know, that's, that's really important. Like, it's not just about, you know, metrics to see something's wrong, but, you know, actually being able to look down to it, to an individual request so that, you know, if you've got a, an important customer who's having a problem, you need to have the level of, you know, at the end of the day, call it customer support. At the end of the day, call it, you know, you know, basic troubleshooting to be able to, you know, actually see what's happening in a, in your distributed system for a particular customer for a particular partner, for a particular request. And so that is like this tremendous, you know, the ability to do that puts like tremendous demands in, in kind of the level of, of information that you need to collect, um, you know, the level of correlation that you need to do. And you need to do that in, in real time, right? And so, you know, sort of like that's the other extreme of say, launching a feature that you roll back that affects, you know, your entire platform. This is the, you know, the, the minute transaction level um, you know, analysis, right? Right. So, so just to, to make those a little concrete, if it turns out that there's a problem affecting a customer, you can quickly get an idea of who that customer is and what their value is and whether you should react to it quickly. Sure. If, if yep. you make a change, you know, and it has impact, you can determine the impact of that change for good or for ill. So it's really about right. creating a, a very detailed model of, of your business that's goes, that goes from a, a low level of granularity to a much higher level of granularity. And my yep. next question is, was why should a CEO you know, care about it? And I think one of the answers is that you can go from sort of low resolution management to high resolution management. Um, uh, you, know, you, can be, be, you can be managing something that is far more uh, detailed than, than just uh, the coarse sort of metrics that people had in the past. Sure. And, and at the end of the day, I mean, you know, as so many companies, you know, w w whatever company you're CEO of, I mean, chances are you have a, you know, a, uh, you know, a web application or a mobile application or an API that, you know, is super important to your business. And if you don't, then, you know, that's, that, that's, that's a strange thing these days. Right. And, uh, you know, essentially if you care about things like, uh, you know, having, uh, you know, things like user experience, things like, you know, performance, things like, availability end of the day you have to have someone caring about um you know your 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 observability story right because um it, the reality is you know the way the way we build applications today is is much more complicated much more you know distributed i think the nervous system you know uh analogy that you drew is is very appropriate it's very hard to you know understand it without really you know being able to look at the whole system and and correlate data and you know be able to to analyze you know, disparate things. So, you know, why should a CEO care? I mean, for the same reason that they care about a viable, you know, software strategy, right? Like it's Got just it. not, it's just not going to be enabled without a, a solid observability story. Got it. So then, you know, observability is often in the minds of CTOs that I talk to really associated closely with DevOps. Um, yep. Is it only, you know, why is it so connected with DevOps and, and is it only usable in a DevOps context? It's not really, I wouldn't say it's only usable in a DevOps context, but a lot of the agility that we, we talked about in terms of, you know, reacting to, you know, change, you know, like uh, the Etsy analogy that, uh, that you brought up, a lot of that agility can only be, be fully realized, you know, if you really, um, you know, kind of embrace, um, 
you know, um, you know, fundamental, you know, organizational changes, you know, beyond your technology stack, beyond your observability stack, right? So I'd say observability definitely has, you know, as, as a concept is, is applicable to even traditional organizations and traditional software teams, but, um, you know, it really comes into its own in terms of realizing all its benefits, um, you know, if, if you are more, if you are more agile and, uh, you know, if you, if you do things like continuous deployment, I mean, they are, they are kind of related, you could say. Got it. So now let's now, now that we have kind of an idea of, of, of observability, uh, as a, uh, as a kind of a practice, you know, and, and then just to sum up, I would say, you know, you know, the difference between, you know, sort of like traditional monitoring and observability is that, in traditional monitoring, you have enough metrics that maybe, you know, a human could actually understand. You know, in observability, you have, you know, potentially thousands, hundreds of thousands, or as you mentioned, even millions of metrics. And you're dealing with the, the picture that you're, you're drawing is one that you're, you're dealing with in, in aggregate. So, yep. and, and you're trying to understand, and then, you know, you may dive deeply in so that you, you use those, uh, those, those metrics to create a very detailed model for various business purposes, but, but it's, it's, it's just a different game you're playing. So now let's talk about how the tactics of observability have changed over time. What does Grafana do? And also please, you know, cover the other related open source projects. Cause you, when you go to the Grafana site, you see that it's a, it's a kind of a, a, a nest of several related projects that are all working together. So, but what are all they doing? What are the, like, what is the, you know, the, 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 the ground up, uh, you know, from, from how do you build up this, this larger complex of observability? What are the building blocks? Sure. And, you know, like, uh, it's, it's definitely all about the ecosystem is how, you know, is, is our view at, at Grafana Labs and is also kind of the, the stance of the Grafana Open Source Project, right? So the Grafana Open Source Project, in order for it to be you know, useful in order for it to become, um, you know, an observability platform, you need to, um, you know, essentially, uh, you know, select uh, your choice of things like metrics, backends, logs, backends, soon to be traces, uh, you know, and, and there are many open source projects in that ecosystem. There are commercial, you know, vendors in that ecosystem. Um, there are SaaS vendors in that ecosystem. And so the Grafana MO and what we're all about as a company is providing choice to our users and our customers so that they can compose a platform um, of whatever backends and vendors that make sense to them, right? And, you, and this is like a fundamental, um, I guess, difference in our view of the world in that we're not a database vendor. And we believe that your data will always exist in different databases and will be disparate and you know your your ongoing consolidation play is probably going to be ongoing for a very long time because there's never going to be a single database to rule you know all this data um, and so you know the all these open source projects that are you know in the nest as you said we we call it a big tent right so it includes projects that you'd know like elasticsearch like uh, influx data like prometheus like graphite um, you know, we are involved very heavily in some of these communities and projects, such as the Prometheus project or the Graphite project. Um, you know, but it's it's really important to us as uh, you know as a company, and um, you know that that we provide sort of first class integrations to um, you know all these different providers, right? So 
you know, so, we so, provide. Got it. So let, yep. let, let, we're going to return to the to 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 talking about these in a, in a second. I just want to make sure that I'm understanding and that 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 everybody listening is understanding as well. So yep. what you're saying essentially is that imagine all of the world that is being monitored as pumping out streams of data. Yep. You know, and 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 so there's a variety of companies like Sumo Logic or Splunk sure. or a variety of others that that are mon that are good at monitoring that data and then you know asserting sort of uh, search criteria so that you can find out whether uh, a metric derived from that data is is within a certain boundary or has exceeded one boundary or or got dropped below another boundary and yep. and and essentially what observability is is about wherever you get it and and, and maybe that metric is coming from a real time piece of hardware or maybe that yep. metric is coming from uh, you know uh, a crowdsourced uh, you know uh, 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 level of of good collection wherever yep. it's coming from Grafana's there to accept it and then start managing and integrating this complex of metrics so that you can start making sense of them at scale. Grafana is not necessarily about uh, uh, capturing that, although you have, as you said, open source projects that could play the role of actually capturing and yep. doing what the commercial projects do. But let's say you were in a world where you only had commercial projects collecting data and, and, and defining metrics. Well, Grafana could happily sit on top of that as well. Exactly. Yep, that, that, that's pretty spot on, Dan. And you know, the, the, the key thing here to remember though is a lot of other vendors will kind of make similar claims, but in order, in order, in order for a lot of, you know, uh, but they're still database vendors, right? So in order to use their platform, you have to store all your data in their backend. Grafana allows you to use your existing backends and not move that data, not ETL that data out, not you know, batch load that data into Grafana. Grafana will just, in real time, using the native Splunk APIs or the native Elasticsearch APIs, it'll just pull the relevant data when you need it for the analysis that you need, for the dashboard that you loaded, for the alert that you need run. You know, so we've got a, we don't have a rip and replace mentality, right? Whereas you talk to a lot of other vendors and they'll kind of say, hey, we can solve all your problems, but all this data that you've got, you know, spewing out of your systems, you're going to have to send it all to us as step one. And so, and so, we, yeah. yeah. So just to make it clear, you could either do things either of two ways. You could either say, hey, Splunk is doing all this work or Sumo or whoever's doing all this yep. work to create a metric you know, with a lot of processing. And then what Grafana is getting is the metric. And that metric is then alerts or, or, or ranges are, are asserted onto that metric from Grafana. Or it could be that you have a metric and then you want Grafana to actually tell Splunk how to do the work to actually assemble it. And then once you have the metric, then Grafana can assert it. Uh, onto it, or yep. is it is it also the case that Splunk could also be doing the monitoring, and all you'd get is the alert, the event, you know, that it exceeded something as well. It, the the first two are the more common use cases. In general, Grafana is really used to primarily to visualize data together. Right. We also have alerting capabilities, but you know, they're they're you know uh, the 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 primary the primary use case of Grafana would be to bring the data together so that you have better context and it's not just metrics right so Splunk Splunk would be more likely it would be more likely that we get maybe logs off Splunk I mean we may get metrics off Splunk you know uh, both Splunk and Elastic for example are are you know increasingly doing both these worlds are all converging right um, it's it's really funny to watch um, but uh, 
you know, but, but you're right. The first two use cases are, are kind of, you know, what we do. And uh, the, the, the key is you don't have to, you know, uh, move that data. Splunk is a great product. Elasticsearch has a, you know, really powerful platform. And, you know, we participate in those communities. And, you know, if, if Splunk's good at, uh, you know, for your use case, uh, keep it in place. But it might be worth it to bring that, that's those Splunk metrics and those Splunk logs you know, maybe, maybe side by side with, you know, metrics from your, you know, uh, Amazon account or, you know, maybe even your marketing data, right? Like maybe you want to look at how much web traffic you're getting relative to how much advertising dollars you're spending. I mean, you know, all that kind of stuff maybe pulled from disparate data sources. It's where the biggest possible, most detailed story comes together is, 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 is what you're talking about doing. Yep. Yeah, and, and, and it allows you to put together the the perfect you know visualization and and you know picture really of of you know how your business operates um, you know and you know allows you to contextualize that so that okay. you know different stakeholders can see it. Yeah. Now I think we can actually do something very useful to uh, the people listening to this, and uh, let's just go through the nest of open source uh, projects that are related to Grafana and say what each of them does you know, for in, in a complex. Okay, sure. So, you know, it's uh, in terms of the sort of inner circle of projects that are the most popular within, within our ecosystem, within our big tent, I'll start with the ones that we're the most involved with. Um, so the, 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 the first one would be the Prometheus project, which is uh, part of the um, Cloud Native Compute Foundation. Um, and that's a project that we have become heavily involved with over the last few years. And, and a lot, what I'm looking for is like the elevator or, or, you know, like Prometheus does X. Okay, sure. Prometheus is a monitoring system for metrics, uh, primarily for cloud native environments. Um, Graphite is a time series database also for metrics. Um, uh, you know, Elasticsearch is a uh, pretty mature project, uh, primarily for logs, but also moving into metrics, and it's uh, got very powerful search capabilities. Um, InfluxDB is primarily a time series database, also used for metrics, um, and those are probably you know four of the most popular uh, databases for Grafana. We've also added SQL and then support. Add, yep. Yeah, add Grafana, and then and Grafana is. And Grafana is basically um, software to allow you to visualize and analyze your data from all of these different databases. And so the four I mentioned um, are some of our more popular ones, but there's 42 different databases that Grafana can sit on top of. And that includes SQL also. So a lot of people use you know, popular SQL databases like MySQL, Postgres, um, and we're seeing you know, a lot of people, a lot of our users connect up those databases also. Okay, so now... Now we can get into some of the more uh, kind of newish aspects of what observability really asks you to do. So let's say you're in an environment and you've, you've started, you've, you've understood that you want to, you know, build uh, a more uh, uh, metrics and more monitoring of your environment. You then start using Grafana to access all of your data to, to define metrics. You know, the first six months you get, you know, a thousand metrics defined. And then the second six months, you, you introduce it to two or three new departments, and all of a sudden you have 5,000 metrics defined. And then the whole company gets really excited about it. And now at the end of the year, you have 50,000 metrics to define. Now, you know, we all know that you know, in cybersecurity or in operational monitoring, there's that problem of, oh my God, 
every, all the alarm bells off went off at once. What does it yep. mean? You know? Yep. And so it seems like what Grafana is doing is saying, look, you've got this huge amount of metrics. We, we're going to do something to organize them so that they are now the information collectively from all of those is going to come out. And then if you need to dive into detail, you can do it. So how do, I don't see how that could happen. What, what do you guys do to make that happen? Well, I mean, it's all, it's all domain specific, right? So the, the raw data is pretty use, useless as you, as you allude to, but um, you know, depending on what you're doing, the aggregate views can be very useful, right? So you'd, you generally net like you, for every server you have, you'd probably, you know, collect dozens of metrics each about say CPU, right? But you generally never ever look at the individual, you know, CPU usage of a single Docker container unless you were troubleshooting something. So it's all about starting, you know, with top level stuff and creating, you know, both, uh, both dashboards and exp exploratory views that show high level status and allowing people to drill down lower and lower. And there's a point where metrics, you know, only gets part of the way, right? Like the whole, the whole experience of finding a needle in a haystack, so to speak, generally starts with an alert. You know, you look at broad metrics that are generally dashboards that are high level status of your, of your systems. And then you'll generally dive down to more detailed metrics. And then you'll switch to logs. And then you'll probably switch to traces. So that whole experience of, you know, contextualized switching within these observability primitives happens within Grafana. That's sort of, you know, the, the core of what we're building out. So, and, you know, yeah. So ahead. it's basically like you have at the top level, you have these, these large, you know, summarized metrics, and then you can drill down in them and you can, each one of those may have five or six components. And then you can drill down into yep. those components and those components may have components arbitrarily large. And the idea is, is, is that uh, you create this tree of, of all of this and, and Grafana helps you categorize all these things so that you can create these sort of component metrics and build this this tree structure out of it yep i mean and you know that the, the, this whole structure is generally you know generally takes place across a, a variety of dashboards um you know we're adding ex, you know sort of uh, more explore functions to allow you to dive off and do more ad hoc analysis more easily um but yeah i mean i think i think it's about starting with a sort of high level kind of traffic light type of uh you know statuses and then being able to, to really dive deeper and potentially switch to logs. You know, we have a, a methodology that we think about that's, you know, pretty, pretty useful, we think, within the uh, observability world, and we call it RED. Um, and, you know, Tom Wilkie, our VP of products, given a, a bunch of talks on this. But RED basically stands for, uh, let me see if I'm going to get this right, rate, errors, and duration, right? So, so practically any system you think of, whether it's a server or uh, an airport, right? You can boil down, you know, things to, to those three things, right? How fast something's happening, right? Like how, you know, how many people are getting served coffee, right? Uh, you know, errors, you know, how many, pro how, how many problems, if any, are happening? How many people are getting wrong orders or incorrect change? And duration, right? Like how, how long are people having to wait, right? So you can track those three things. And we think that conceptually, you know, those are, those are the high level things you want to look at, right? So if you kind of had a, a top level view of any system, it'll generally boil down to those three things. And as soon as you see one of those three high level metrics kind of change, you know, that's, that, that's your starting point. And where you go from there is generally dependent on your system, what you're monitoring, you know, how your, you know, you know, how, you know, how your application works. But conceptually, that's a good way to start 
And, you know, we encourage our users and customers to, to use that as a, you know, as a way to think about this. Got it. And so now let's go into the kind of the, some of the more fun stuff. I think you've really done a good job of explaining, you know, what Grafana is all about and how it relates to the other open source projects and, and you know, what you're going to get out of it. Um, you know, and, and, and essentially what you've done is you've productized what these early adopters, these pioneers did, you know, through their own engineering teams. Now, you know, that's become, as many open sources programs do, you know, uh, something that, that resembles a product. Uh, rather than than you having to start over. So yep. now you mentioned several times that you think observability has become a data and analytics problem. What do you mean by that? Well, what I mean by that, you know, I guess, Dan, is, you know, you, you, you kind of alluded to it when you said, you know, we have all these millions of metrics, right? Or, you know, the, the scale is just going through the roof. And so, you know, it, it's no longer about an individual metric or, you know, one thing being off or, or something like that. It's both because of, you know, the scale that we're dealing with, but that scale is driven by, you know, the, the, the complexity of people's infrastructure, right? So, like, people used to have, like, a, you know, a few dozen servers sitting in a rack, a colo in a data center somewhere, right? And then, you know, then it went to a few hundred you know, VMs with, with VMware or Xen or whatever. Now then it went to, you know, thousands of containers and multiple availability zones and serverless and whatever. So it doesn't matter anymore what a particular metric is. It doesn't matter anymore what the state of a particular server is, right? What you care about is, is some like deeper levels of analytics, right? And, and so that's what I mean. It's not about an individual check or a status or a server being down, like that doesn't matter, you know, it's a, it's a larger, you know, nervous system, as you said, right? And you, in order to understand it, you need to ask more complicated questions, like, you, rather than a, a particular metric, you need to ask questions like, hey, like, you know, in, you know, across the customers I care about, like, you know, how many of them are, you know, having a, you know, elevated bad time right now in the last five minutes based on this, right? And, and you may have to, touch thousands of metrics to answer that question but you don't want to see any of those metrics anymore you just want to you know be able to ask the questions and understand the system in the way that you want to right so i guess that's what i mean by it being a data analytics problem is you know look looking at particular servers or checks or you know oh my you know this my sequel is down that's not how we think about these systems anymore right like and and if we if we alerted based on those things i mean you know, everyone's pagers would be blowing up 24-7, right? So, um, you know, th these systems have become, you know, like organisms that, you know, you have to look at the health and the state of in aggregate through data analysis rather than the, the, the status of any one metric, right? Right. So then, and so um, it, 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 two things come to mind. First of all is the idea is that you have to create like a semantic model over the whole system that you're talking about. So you understand. Yep what everything means and what the story is being told by the data. But then yep. you also have to create some sort of level of significance. So yep. that, like you just said, if, 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 if you monitored all of the kind of times that every database server had a hiccup, you know, you just have this constant fire hose of, of alerts. Yep. But, but if you had some way of judging the significance of all of this stuff in, in your, you know, semantic model, you'd be able to know whether anything was really important or not. And when you started, then you could start paying attention to the details. And so yep. it, 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 it's really about that. Now, it sounds like that, you know, a big part of this is like in many other uh, domains, 
defining you know the the the, the normals okay state and then creating the boundaries that um you know for the deviation from that state so yep. it seems like that given what we know about you know machine learning and ai and being that them those methods being really great at finding really complicated patterns of normal and expressing deviations from that it seems like that it's inevitable that that's going to be playing a role when you're using you know these metrics at scale have you guys started on that journey already we've been we've been we certainly we're certainly experimenting with and you know uh playing around with things that do sort of more you know predictive uh you know uh analytics or you know uh you know uh precog kind of stuff and there's a lot of there's a lot of uh buzzwords and you know uh hype with uh with ml and ai right now but you know it's definitely definitely stuff that uh that is interesting i think the larger point though and the the bigger point is most organizations today aren't even, you know, uh, using best practices, you know, this, the kind of stuff that, you know, we, we both read on, on Etsy's blog, you know, almost, uh, almost a decade ago. Right. So, you know, we, we want to talk about ML AI. That's, that's great. But, you know, even, even the idea of establishing what's normal and what should be monitored and what the, the high level metrics are, you know, like there's a lot of, I think, room for improvement. There's, you know, like, you know, back to red, right? Like, I mean, th those are three things you could monitor for and not really care about anything else, right? Like um, for most companies, they know that they're, you know, servicing a particular number of, you know, users or requests, you know, or transactions or shipments or whatever it is, you know, per hour, per whatever. And they know that those shouldn't take more than, you know, whatever it is, uh, you know, 500 milliseconds, uh, you know, 10 minutes, whatever they're doing, right? And, and, and they, if, if they had that basic pulse that they could sort of, you know, if those, if those three metrics are good in your, in your stack, in your application, for your project, for your team, then you, then you don't have to care anymore about an individual, you know, database failure as much if those three metrics are still good, right? It. Because it means, it means the health of your system's still okay. But if all of a sudden your overall high level rate falls to zero or your error spike or, you know, your duration spikes, then you'd care about what's going on beneath that. So Got a lot it. of people are still are still alerting on this stuff going on beneath that. Right. So it's sort of like, you know, step by step here. And I think as people start to get more sophistication of how they observe their systems, you know, that they'll they'll start you know, moving to kind of doing this in a more abstracted manner, um, you know, and for the sanity of their teams, right? And then, and then once, once they've done that, then maybe ML AI starts to, starts to become interesting. But, you know, I, I could think of a lot of businesses or, you know, even complex systems like JFK Airport where, you know, you could set up, you know, like a, a pretty, you know, robust, uh, you know, observability you know, story, uh, you know, without ML or AI. Right? Well, in using the, uh, the metaphor we did earlier, there's a lot needed to be done to grow the nervous system before you start making the brain better. You know? Yes. So, yep. Yep. so now, so now let's, let's talk about uh, uh, a couple of the things you mentioned on your website. Uh, you mentioned on your website that the difference between a platform approach and a consolidated approach, and that you assert that a consolidated approach is really not going to work. What do you mean by platform approach versus consolidated approach? And what's the problem with a consolidated approach? So we, we, we think that consolidation uh, and this whole idea of single pane of glass. 
Well, what do you mean by consolidation? Consolidation meaning um, you're going to move all your data into a quote-unquote next-gen database that's uh, you know going to handle all your use cases for observability. Got it. Whether that's a SaaS vendor, whether that's an on-prem vendor, whether that's a vendor that's coming from logs or metrics or traces or or an open source project. You're saying so. You're saying essentially that somebody's asserting that we can productize the whole shooting match from top to bottom, and that's what consolidated means. It means a productized approach, you know, from the dashboard all the way down to the metrics collection. Correct. Like a, a, a monolith, it, it would, would be another way to put it, right? Like, a, you know, everything, everything in, in one box, the opposite of composable, right? And so what's um, a platform approach then? So, so, you know, when we say platform approach, what we primarily mean is composable, meaning, you know, the interoperability that we provide um, with your data wherever it lives, right? So, you know, you can connect any and all of, you know, the, many, the several dozen of data sources that work with Grafana or write your own data sources, they're open source, um, you know, and, and basically compose a observability platform that is not uh, a monolith, right? So there's so much innovation happening within the open source ecosystem, right? With projects like Prometheus, with projects like Elasticsearch, that we think in the open source world, a monolith platform approach is just, you know, uh, sorry, a monolith, um, you know, uh, approach, uh, you know, where uh, a consolidated approach is just a non-starter, right? So we want to we wanna be able to um, leverage all the innovation that's going on, you know, in these early days when it comes to metrics backends, logging backends, traces, you know, tracing backends. And so, when we say platform, we really mean composable, so that you can you can you can make your own choices and still leverage Grafana. It's a it's a it's a it's a you, what you have is a product that 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 is partially a toolkit for 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 creating different different solutions. It's not necessarily a, a, a configurable product itself. Yeah, I mean, you know, you need to, you know, you need to add to it to make it complete, right? But to complicate matters further, we participate very heavily in the Prometheus project, right? Which is a metrics backend that is a popular database for Grafana. We also launched a logging uh, project open source a year ago called Loki that, you know, is a logging database in some ways similar to, say, Elasticsearch or Splunk. Um, You know, so... It's kind of an interesting dynamic, but the point of Grafana is all these data sources play equally, right? So there's no, you know, Grafana is truly database neutral, even though for us as a company, you know, we, we participate, you know, heavily in, say, Prometheus, we launched Loki, you know, we still consider ourselves to not be a database vendor, even though we're involved with some database-like projects. Got it. And so the... Um, <laughs> before we leave this topic, I'd love to, to have you give me an example where somebody decided, you know what, we need Prometheus over here and we need graphite over there or, or, you know, and, and we need, you know, influx over there. And, yep. and because we had that flexibility, everything could be really well fit to, to the problem. And then you could create the consolidated unified thing using Grafana. So can you, can yep. you construct or tell me about, you know, one, kind of heterogeneous, you know, sort of use case where, you know, it really made sense to use different platforms or different Sure. I, like the, you know, the, the, the obvious example would be, um, you know, something like Graphite for your metrics and something like Elasticsearch for your logs, right? 
And so, you know, you want to bring metrics and logs into, you know, one experience and one view. So, you know, you're, you're using two open source projects for their individual strengths and capabilities. And, you know, the, the visualization layer for um, uh, Elasticsearch only works with Elasticsearch, right? Um, so, you know, in order to bring that data together contextually for, say, your SRE team, so they can troubleshoot more effectively, you know, Grafana can, can help do that, right? Yeah. Or you mentioned, uh, say, Graphite and Prometheus. I mean, you look at the history of the Graphite and Prometheus projects, that's actually a really common, um, you know, uh, situation where you have a Graphite installation that's, you know, been in, been in production for years, is running fine, and then you have a team that's playing around with Kubernetes. And if they're playing around with Kubernetes, they're using Prometheus. So that, boom, like you've got Prometheus and Graphite running. What do you do, right? A lot of times you want to bring those metrics together. And so Grafana is the answer to that. Most Graphite users are already using Grafana and most Prometheus users are already using Grafana too. So it's kind of an obvious play, um, right? People don't even think about it when they do it. Um, and the third example I'd, I'd mention, which is kind of different is, you know, uh, let's say you've got, you know, you're an AWS customer. If you're an AWS customer, it means you have metrics and logs in CloudWatch. What, what are you going to do with it? Like log into CloudWatch every time you need to go look at something, right? Probably not. Um, you know, you'd, you'd, you'd rather um, essentially, you know, uh, combine those metrics with your other metrics, wherever they are, right? Maybe you're using Influx, maybe you're using Prometheus. And so being able to kind of bring in your CloudWatch metrics side by side with your application metrics, that's super useful, right? Because there's certain things that you really need to contextualize from both to, to really understand your system. Um, you know, the, and then one, one more example just worth throwing out is SQL, which is relatively new to Grafana. And, you know, the, what's happening is you're seeing business metrics being um, contextualized with infrastructure metrics. And then you start dealing with things like, you know, maybe support tickets or uh, dollars or, you know, something like around customer satisfaction or phone calls coming into the, you know, customer support center. You know, those are actually really good things to know, like, in addition to as high-level stats. You know what I mean? Like, those are really good, like, like corollaries or, or even executive-level dashboards about the, the health of your business or system. So we're seeing Grafana kind of edge into those use cases that are starting to veer more into BI in a way, right? And, um, you know, SQL augmented with, uh, with infrastructure metrics is, a, is an interesting one for us. Got it. And so now let's take a step back to some of the more thorny issues that you have to deal with, given the, you know, the, the business model you've chosen. You know, there was an article in the New York Times in the last week or so about uh, how Amazon is being criticized by a variety of different open source vendors for what they say is strip mining the value of the open source projects without really providing much uh, return for the community. Um, and uh, if you're going to do a, a, a product and a commercial product based on open source, you have to have not only a model for creating the software, you have to have a model for capturing the value. Sure. And, and uh, then you now can have complex relationships depending upon the structure of the company, where if it turns out that there's an open source community and then a separate commercializing entity, that can create tensions of the sort that we've seen with Redis Labs you know, and the, the underlying, you know, open source community that creates Redis. Yeah. Uh, it, it seems more unified when, you know, something like MongoDB, you know, where you have, 
an open source community that's inside the company primarily, although there are other people participating that, that you know, are under the control of the same entity that's doing the commercialization. But then, you know, you have to say, okay, now, how am I going to capture value? How am I going to do that and stay a legit open source company in, instead of just being like open source as a distribution model? You know, what is your yeah. approach to, 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 to threading all these needles? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question, Dan, right? Um, you know, one that uh, I think there's, you know, there, there's no easy or, or glib answer uh, to at all. So, you know, we we differentiate our open source software with commercially licensed software that is not open source, right? It's called Grafana Enterprise. Um, you know, we, we, you know, you said value, you know, value capture is a great word. I mean, open source itself has never been about value capture. It's been about, you know, value creation, right? So we basically are very judicious in, you know, what features we hold back for enterprise version, but there are features that we do hold back. And, you know, that, that the enterprise version continues to be um, differentiated. And in general, you know, the, the features that are in um, enterprise will appeal to really the largest companies in the world, right? Like our top 1% of our users. Um, and, um, you know, as far as the whole script mining, um, you know, argument, I mean, it's, it's a nuanced argument. I don't think it's, it's fair to you know, characterize it as, as a complete negative um, in terms of, um, you know, you, you have to acknowledge the value creation happening if it's done in the right way. Um, I think it's unfortunate when the communities get fragmented as in, you know, as, you know, even, even you know, whether it's Elastic or, you know, Mongo or, you know, Redis, like what Amazon ends up offering often is, you know, different than the open source project. And, sort of the center of mass of the community and, you know, the, um, yeah, the, the underlying communities really just get fractured, right? And I think, I think that's the most unfortunate part um, from an open source standpoint. And, uh, you know, um, I, I think it's not sustainable um, while it may be allowed um, by, the, by the license. It's, it's certainly not sustainable. Um, you know, I'd like to think that, um, you know, there's a way that, um, you know, the, the relationship between, you know, some of the cloud vendors and some of the open source companies can, can become, um, you know, something that could work in the long term where, you know, those, the, the innovation in the community could be realigned. Um, but for us, I think I, I just say that, uh, you know, we have our commercially differentiated software and, you know, we will continue to do so um, because, you know, we, we really look at our open source projects as primarily about value creation. And when you try to, you know, sort of have, you know, have both, I think it, uh, you know, it, it really complicates things, right? So, yeah. Um, what do you see as the positive and negative trends going on right now, you know, in open source for the enterprise, you know, and, uh, you know, with respect to the public cloud? Um. Well, open source in the enterprise, I mean, I think it's, you know, it's, it's the best time ever, in my opinion, uh, is now to be a, uh, um, an open source company in the, in the sort of enterprise software infrastructure space. You know, I think it's like a 180 from where it was, uh, you know, even, uh, you know, uh, 10 years ago, where it's not even a question anymore for, for most enterprises of, you know, whether, um, you know, whether they want to, you know, kind of go all in on open source, um, so to speak, right? So I think what's changed is, 
um, certainly within the observability, um, you know, tool set or, or ecosystem, like the cutting edge stuff now is all happening in open source, right? Whereas 10 years ago, open source was kind of your cheap and cheerful alternative to, um, to the commercial vendors. Um, whereas now, you know, literally the, you know, the best stuff you can get from a capability standpoint is stuff like, like Prometheus, uh, you know, like Grafana, which well, yeah, biased I think, up. I think that's definitely true in the developer world. It's not so much true in the business application world, you know, correct is because the, uh, you know, people have long thought about, you know, oh my God, when are we going to get an open source ERP? You know, the sure. answer is never. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And there are, and in, in, in areas where there, the engineering and, and, and product development costs are much lower, like in CRM, you know, there are uh, uh, CRM competitors to, you know, to commercial companies like Salesforce, but still it's, um, you know, they, they, they haven't uh, made the dent that you would think that they could given the yep. dominance uh, of, of, of open source in the engineering and software development realm. Yep. And, and what we're really, you know, kind of enamored about or it's really encouraging to see is, you know, not, it, not just enterprises are sort of buying more when it comes to, you know, sort of whether it's data analytics or observability or, you know, open source developer tooling, right? It's, uh, it, they're also becoming sort of more involved in the project, right? Because they see that as a way that, you know, it actually helps them with, you know, their use of the project, right? So that's sort of like a more, you know, forward thinking change that, that we've seen, you know, even in the last uh, five years since we started the company is, you know, like, I think companies, uh, enterprises are starting to see the value strategically of becoming involved with the projects that they're using, whether that's as a customer or even as a, you know, contributor from a, you know, uh, developer standpoint, right? Some of our, you know, some of our enterprise, you know, customers are, are actually, you know, committing to the project and, you know, uh, I mean, working on stuff that obviously they care about, but, but making the project better, which is really awesome, you know? Got it. Okay. Um, it's been great to talk to you, Raj. Uh, we covered a huge amount of ground. And, um, you know, we, this, of course, will live on as a recording, but also as a transcript. Uh, so however you encounter this content, I hope you find it useful. Raj, thanks so much for spending time with me. Thanks so much for having me, Dan. Really appreciate it. Had fun.